living our lives according to the word of God. Good morning, Christian America. That's what this podcast is going to be about today. I'd ask that you spend a few moments with us this morning to talk about and think about how we can live our lives more in accordance with the word of God, not just our lives in church, not just an hour on Sunday or Saturday, or not just within the few brief moments of our prayers in the morning, maybe in the afternoon, maybe in the evening before bedtime, but every single day, every facet of our lives being focused intentionally on living out a more Christocentric life and what all that means. Get ready to get your minds working this Friday as we get ready to go into the weekend, give you something to think about and discuss with your family and your friends. Let's get right into it. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort, the Christian American community, ChristianAmericanTees.com. We encourage you to go to ChristianAmericanTees.com, pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. All of these ventures, all of these interests, all of these organizations are focused on the overarching goal that we talk about constantly, consistently revitalizing the Christian faith across this nation because unless we as a people, unless we individually and then we collectively as a community, as a society, as a state and country, as a civilization, unless we turn our attention, unless we focus and focus our vision on Christ, unless we turn ourselves and our families back towards the Judeo-Christian Christian principles that we have founded ourselves on, that we have thrived on over the last 2,000 years, my friends, we're just going to be in a place of trouble. We're going to be in a place of division. We're going to be a, a place uh, that is not very good to, to live in or to communicate in or to have relations in, uh, relationships with one another, to have dialogue with one another. If we cannot turn ourselves collectively back towards Christ, back towards the righteousness that is God, then we are left with the wickedness that is the enemy. And it's just a matter of choice of what type of community do we want to have? What type of country do we want to have? What type of society do we want to have? Do we want to have one that rejects God's and his God's uh, command and, and the way he has told us to live? The, the way he instructs us to live, the way he uh, encourages us, us to live, the way he has set the example for us to live? Do we want to turn away from that? Do we want to turn towards destruction? Is that where we really want to go? Do we like where our society is heading? Do we like the vitriol? Do we like the division? Do we like the hatred? Because I, and I asked that question seriously because we are primarily a social media, a social platform that we communicate and dialogue and we watch a lot of communications and dialogue even within the Christian American community ourselves with people who follow this podcast, with people who follow us on social media, and even within the community itself, there seems to be a yearning for this conflict, a yearning for this division and what we collectively need to get through our minds, get back into reality is that that is not 
the way that God wants us to interact with one another. That is not how God wants us to participate in this life together that he has blessed us with. He wants quite simply, quite plainly what scripture says. It's not about what Eddie thinks that God wants. It's not about what I think that uh, that I want for us in our community. My opinions don't matter. The way that I feel does not matter. It's what God's word says that matters. It's what Jesus did and does in our lives is what matters. So, and that is a crucial aspect of living this Christocentric life, living this better life, living this life of abundance, this life of blessings that we've been given, uh, given by God. Although it's not always abundance, although it's not always blessings, there are hardships, there are obstacles, there is tragedy. We must overcome these things. Jesus gave us the roadmap with his life. He shows us the miracles that he can perform and yet still the obstacles and the challenge and the torture and the embarrassment that he also endured. We too must be able to live this life with expectations of hope and abundance in him, recognizing that it will not always be earthly trappings that will be blessed upon us. Recognizing that the world may come after us. And it is our duty to stand up to that world Jesus overcame death. Christianity overcame the world to become what it is today. And it's still under attack. And we, as the army of God, we, as the family of God, we, as this community built on our belief in Jesus, our belief in God Almighty, and belief in the one who was here and who is, is to come, the one who is everlasting, from everlasting to everlasting, we as his family must truly understand what he has told us so that we can live out our lives and encourage others to live out their life in a manner that he sees fit that he encourages us to and it's not just on Sundays it's not just when I pick up this Bible that all of a sudden I become quote unquote a better person it's not just when I go into the church it's not just when I read to my children it's not just when I pray at night it's not just when I enter the walls of my house. This faith of ours, and it's not mine, it's ours, it's God's. This faith of ours, it must resound far and wide. It cannot be trapped in the church. It cannot be trapped in the building. It cannot be trapped in your own household. It must proliferate outside to the masses. It's not my suggestion. This is God's command to make believers 
of nations and to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth, to be that one that brings others to God. We cannot simply do that. It's impossible to do that. When we are shamed into our homes, when we are shamed back into our churches, and sometimes we're shamed from the people that are in the churches. That's another subject. That's a whole other topic, but it does play a role. Because Jesus doesn't say to the disciples, keep it to yourself. He says to go out into the world and make believers of all nations. He prepared them by sending them out the first 12, and then he prepared them some more by sending out the 72, and then he prepared them even more when he rose from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit down upon them so that they could make believers of all nations. And it's that action, that verb, that action word, that they go out, that they preach the word, that they make believers. It's those action words. It's those works that took place that were necessary for us as followers of Christ to receive the word from our parents and our parents' parents and our parents' parents' parents, etc., etc., all the way back to the apostles, all the way back to Jesus himself, and even further beyond that. We must remember that this is the best way to live. It's the only way to truly receive eternal life. But not only is it the only way to receive eternal life, it's the only way that people can live on this earth in harmony together to build what we've built. And we see today that when we turn from these principles, what we, we are no longer building anything good. We're starting to disintegrate. We're starting to collapse on one another because we're taking out that foundation of what we've built. That foundation is the cornerstone of our lives. That foundation is the cornerstone of our society. That foundation, that cornerstone, as scripture says, is the cornerstone that the builders rejected. The cornerstone, my friends, that the builders rejected is Jesus. It's his life. It's his legacy. It's his teachings. It's his followers. It's his commandments. It's his disciples. It's us. We are under attack. We are under attack externally from people who are non-believers, and we are attacked internally by people who claim to be believers, but they take they place other priorities of above Jesus himself. They place their political ideology, my friends. That's the biggest, that's the biggest issue we have collectively, is that we are placing even within the church and our believers. We are placing our political ideology over our faith. If you are a believer in Christ, my friends, you must stand up for what God has created. Scripture, not what Eddie says. Scripture says 
God tells Jeremiah that I, I knew you before I formed you in the womb and then I needed you. We cannot simply kill our unborn children and think that we can then go to church and think that we can encourage it, that we can celebrate it, that we can support it. Should we support those who have made decisions that we disagree with? Yes. Should we support those who have found themselves in a difficult position and made mistakes? Yes. But we cannot support the celebration and encouragement of murder of our children in the womb. Similarly, we cannot turn our backs on people. We cannot judge whether or not they are quote unquote saved. We cannot judge or we cannot tell if we if so if a person is quote unquote condemned. We cannot place a judgment on someone's soul, but we can judge their actions. Their actions that are either in line or against the word of God. Jesus makes explicit distinction between someone's soul, which we don't know what's inside someone's heart. We don't know when they truly turn to God and when they don't. It is not our place to make such a decision, to make such a judgment. But we do know when someone acts against the word of God and taking actions and celebrating actions, supporting actions that go against the word of God is not good. Plain and simple. There's good and then there's bad. There's righteous, and then there's wicked. Either you follow God's commands, good, righteous, or you don't, bad and wicked. You turn towards the spirit, or you die in the flesh. We must understand this basic principle so that we don't fall into the trappings of making our own ideology, our own political stances that are against the word of God. Similarly, we also should we also should not be casting judgments on someone's soul, claiming that we know whether or not they are saved or not. All we know is that their actions either go in alignment or against the word of God. When God creates a man and a woman, that's exactly what he creates, a man and a woman. We've known this since the beginning of time. But you can see how the world is trying to take out that basic fundamental part of our foundation found in Genesis 1 and 2. We cannot fall into the trappings of the enemy and of the world 
we must stay focused on Christ and his spirit and his word. We must also have generosity towards those who have gone astray. We cannot celebrate them going astray, but we should also extend ourselves to those people. Why? Is it, is it Eddie saying this? No, it's Jesus saying this, that we also too love our enemies. Bless those who curse us. It's the example that he sets by eating and sitting and talking with sinners and forgiving their sins. We don't have the power to forgive sins, but we do have the power to forgive those who have wronged us and wronged our neighbors. We must comfort the afflicted, the people that have been wronged, the people that have been hurt, the people that have been left behind, the people that are alone and afraid in their old age. Right now, nursing homes across our nation are filled with elderly people with no one to care for them. We are supposed to care for them. Visiting and having compassion on those who have wronged society that are sitting behind bars. We don't celebrate what they've done to get behind bars. But we should be comforting. We should be visiting the prisoners because they need repentance. They need forgiveness in order to get themselves right. And if that doesn't come, then they reoffend. We have to look out for one another. We have to be there to build and grow a just society. These aren't my words. These are Jesus's words. These aren't my actions. These are Jesus's actions. We have to be a refuge from people that are fleeing tyranny, whose lives are under attack. They don't have to be across the world. They can be across the street. If there was a, a woman being beaten by her husband that lived, that was your neighbor, and she came knocking on your door, bleeding, crying, sweating, bruised, knocking on your door, would you turn her away? Not if you're a Christian, not if you're a believer of Christ. That is how we need to look at people who are escaping tyranny. Don't read into the words that I'm saying. Don't try to fit your political ideology on the words that Jesus gives us. We must be open to forgiveness. We cannot push and promote repentance, and we should promote repentance. Again, John the Baptist preached repentance. Jesus Christ preached repentance. Repentance for our sins. Repentance for our actions, for our words, for our thoughts, for acting out 
in our sins of the flesh, for treating people, for gossiping behind people's back, for all the wrongs that we've done, they teach repentance. It's not coming from me. But we cannot teach repentance if we're not also willing to take on the responsibility of forgiveness. Far too often we want to stick our fingers in people's faces and tell them they're wrong. Even if they accept that and correct their actions, we never forgive them for their wrongdoing. They're always that person who did that one thing that made me mad or that was wrong. We have to open up our hearts. We have to open, we have to open up our minds, ladies and gentlemen, as followers of Christ, to live out all the aspects of Jesus, all the aspects of his ministry. Not simply the forgiveness, without the obedience and not simply the obedience without the forgiveness. Jesus does both. He turns over the money changers tables in the temple and he eats with sinners and the woman at the well. He teaches the good Samaritan. And yet, he also gives a stark warning to the hypocrites of his day, which represent the hypocrites of our day. What I pray for myself is that I am not one of those hypocrites, that I'm able to lead the life that he calls us all to live. Knowing that I fail, but that I get up every day and try again as best I can, calling sin for what it is, trying to repent of my own and forgive those who have sinned against me, not because I like to, not because it's a good idea I had. It's because Jesus commands us to. Our number one priority is Jesus. Our number one priority is Christ. This community is called the Christian American community. This effort is called the Christian American effort. The reason it's not the American Christian effort is because America doesn't come before Christ. The reason it's not my name and some other part of an organization is because nothing comes before Christ. Nothing in our day, nothing in our night, nothing in our weekends, nothing when we're upset and nothing when we're joyous, nothing in the darkness, nothing in the light comes before Christ. He's our number one priority. If we follow him, everything else will work itself out. 
This is the Christian American community. This is the Christian American revitalization effort. We put Christ first in order to get our country back in the direction that it should be, which means facing him. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to be an active participant in this community, an active participant in this effort? I've said it numerous times and I'll continue to say it. We don't ask for donations. You can go to our website. You can go to ChristianAmericanTees.com. You can go to any one of our social media platforms that you won't find a donate button. We're not a nonprofit organization. We don't accept donations. We don't want your donation. We want you to participate in this effort by leading a, a, a life that is right and that is just and that is focused on Christ. And, and that means encouraging those around you to do the same. If you're ready for that, if you're on board with that, then continue to share videos like this. Continue to have conversations with people about things like this, about Christ, about Christ in our lives, above everything else that we claim that is important. Because by orders of magnitude, it is not more important. Christ is number one. And if there's a list of one through a hundred, Christ is number one through about 60. And then all the other issues can follow that. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you got something to think about this weekend. You got something to discuss with your significant other. You got something to discuss with your kids or your relatives or your neighbors or your family or friends. Show them this video. Talk about it. If you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms, share it with your friends. Play it out loud. People need to understand that our country will never get back to where it should be culturally. Sure, we have a bunch of money. We're the richest country, quote unquote, the richest country in the world. So what? If you don't have friends that you can count on, if you don't have a family that you can talk to because one is a Democrat and one is a Republican, then who cares about how much money you have? Who are you spending that money on? What are you doing with it? What kind of fun are you having with no friends, with no family, constantly arguing and fighting amongst yourself bitterly? It doesn't matter. Without Christ, nothing else matters. Not the amount of money you have, not the, how, the size of your home, not how many inches your big screen TV is, not who won the NFL game on Sunday or the baseball game on Friday or anything like that. We need to get our priorities in, in order. We need to get our priorities straight. Be a part of the solution. Be a part of God, God's army. Be a part of God's family and treat each other as family. It's almost as if you should treat each other as you would treat yourself. I wonder who said that. Jesus. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Monday, we're going to continue down our journey through the gospel of Mark. 
Uh, we're still on chapter six. Don't miss our journey through the gospel of Mark. Every Monday uh, on the podcast, we go through a snippet of Mark. We read scripture verbatim. That's why scripture is so important. Um, so, and then we discuss what it means at the, for them at the time and what it means for us and in today's day and age. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, until Monday, you guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.